Welcome to Podcast on Infinite Earths. Uh, I really hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, we had an absolute blast recording this one, um, all about Superman 1978. Uh, you will hear about halfway through the show. I completely lose it and cannot stop laughing. So I hope you enjoy listening to this as much as we did recording it. Uh, yet again, I just wanted to point you in the direction of our Twitter page and our Instagram to have a look at the artwork for today's show done yet again by at batman the animated fan on instagram uh, check out his page our instagram is at podcasts on infinite earths our twitter page is at podcast oie and you can keep up to date with all the latest show updates there as well all right everyone enjoy the show in an age of turmoil can free idiots discussing movies change the world? No! Buckers! On Infinite Earths. Superman nineteen seventy-eight. This is what we have watched for today's episode. Um so uh, yeah, welcome to Podcasts on Infinite Earths. We're all very excited for this episode. Let's get introductions out of the way. I'm Lewis. I'm Tom. I'm also Tom. <laughs> wow. <laughs> really enjoyed saying that today. I'm mixing it up. I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. It's like your little um, little tagline. I like it. I, I, I sort of wait for it every week. So what are you going to do today? I'm on pressure now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so as I said, we have watched uh, Superman 1978. So let's do some quick facts. Woo! Uh, like I said, twice already, released in 1978, starring Christopher Reeve, Margot Kidder, Marlon Brando and Gene Hackman. Uh, budget $55 million. Quite a lot of that for 1978. Yeah, a time, yeah. Yeah, um, box office $300 million. Um, have either of you, do either of you know what number one was for 1978? I definitely know it wasn't this. No. Was it uh, Stuart Little 2 Electric Boogaloo? <laughs> Don't make me say it, Lewis. AVP. <laughs> uh, I'll give you a clue. Big, big musical. Probably biggest musical of all time. Uh, Sister Act Two, Back in the Habit. I fucking hate you guys. <laughs> Was it? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Sound of Music. No, oh, no, that that was sixties. Was it Grease Two? It was it was just Greece, okay? Just Greece. <laughs> there there was uh, a sequel in the top five though. Superman was number two, um, and then Jaws two uh, was number three. So there you go. Um, yeah. Uh, other quick facts, of course. Music composed by the legendary John Williams, directed by Richard Donner, and it is fourteen hours long. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. Although three hours of that are filled up with credits. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, what um, what were your guys' first impressions rewatching? Well, when was the last time you'd seen this film? Uh, probably on the telly like ten years ago or something. Like, I never... think the first time I've watched it all the way through. Yeah. Genuinely. Well, yeah, because I didn't know it opened in uh, Depression-era America, in that that weird 
strange. <laughs> yeah, the the whole comic book thing was a it it really it, it was just a bit incongruous because like it never goes back to that sort of no. uh, thing again. I was like, this is a bit strange. The only I, thing I, I, I could I'd... think was like if it was a reference to like how old uh, like Robin Hood or fantasy movies would start with a big book opening of like. Who is this? Oh yeah, fantastic like Shrek. <laughs> yeah, like Shrek. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bit, a bit bizarre. And then yeah, I don't I remember seen this. I don't remember that. But then we we had this question, didn't we? Where Tom was like, "So how long is everyone's film that they're watching?" <laughs> we all came out with different versions of it. Yeah, I think we yeah, we have uh, watched like three cuts probably <laughs> yeah when i went to find this film there was about three different cuts of it on amazon and i i i still picked the shortest one and it was still incredibly long um but i haven't seen this for i think i'd be like you i don't know if i've seen this the whole way through i think i've seen you know in bits and pieces over various years but i've never really sat down and watched it from beginning to distant end I feel um, like I would remember this film if I've seen it all the way through. There were bits in this film that genuinely I thought I would definitely have remembered that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll start at the, at the beginning then of the really, really strange title sequence at the start. What the fuck was that about? I don't know. Well, it started strong because you get you got John Williams coming in sort of the mm. first like forty seconds. I'm pumped. I'm like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, and then it goes on for another four <laughs> minutes. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it is at least four minutes of of credits because when it gets it, to yeah. like set designer, costume, like craft services, you're like, Everyone oh god. god. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> a bit like you know in high school when you first learnt how to use um like <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you first learn yeah. how to use like Microsoft Office, and it was like yeah. Star Wars. It really felt like they just discovered clip art and they were like, wow, look at all these fonts we can use. Um, but yeah, it, it was, I, I didn't understand why they were so, why all these names were so aggressively flying at me. Like it was hyperspace, but there's no hyperspace in this film. Like it looks like it was for a different film. And I also found it hilarious that Christopher Reeve was third build on the credits behind Marlon Brando and Gene Hackman. <laughs> Yeah, Maybe have he was you um, known when to before this? Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he he was a nobody. But um, I have had an absolute blast um, deep diving what a piece of shit Marlon Brando was on this film. <laughs> yeah, holy shit! <laughs> Were his lines on the baby or something? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He Written on the, the nappy. Hit, yeah. <laughs> or, or the diaper for our American listeners. Yeah, his lines were written on the fucking bit. They might as well just put it on its like back and just held it away from the camera. Uh, yeah, he Apparently, refused to memorise. You know the opening scene where they're on Krypton and they're talking to General Zod and all this? Apparently, you mean the opening film? Yeah, the opening of the bit. Um, apparently, Marlon Brando was like, right, I'm not rehearsing. We're just going to film it from now. And he literally, that scene is yeah. just the rehearsal. Yeah, he he refused yeah, to memorize most of his lines. Um, yeah, I think he said to Richard Donner, you know, I'm not rehearsing this, and I think he said, who knows, we might get lucky. I that's some. <laughs> I mean, 
Christopher Reeve even said that Marlon Brando was just phoning it in and it shows. <laughs> I think it does. It does show, doesn't it? Well, I remember watching the opening and thinking, this is... Marlon Brando is fine, but the rest of the actors, the guy who's playing Zod, it looks like he's just walked into the, onto the set and he's not part of the film. <laughs> and I thought, like, he is terrible. And then I realised it was it's Terrence Stamp. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. he is actually a pretty good actor. And when you read back on it and think, oh, well, Marlon Brando said, right, we're just going to film it from now, you realise why he's not trying. Yeah, he, he probably doesn't even know it's being filmed. You think, oh, yeah, we'll just, we'll just run through it. Yeah, OK, cool, cool. Just speed, yeah, speed run. Okay. That was it. Oh. I think at one time Terence Stamp turns around and flips through his lines really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> just kept it in. Just kept it in. Uh, Marlon Brando bit... just 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 turns the sign and picks up the baby reading his ass like right that's my lines. <laughs> the baby shouldn't even be there in that bit, but he's just no, carrying it around. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I love, love that. Like it's not seen appropriate. He's just carrying this nappy around with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he, he's just like I can do whatever I want. I am Marlon Kim Brando. Oh, he, he also demanded a percentage of the um, film's profits, and he got paid about fourteen million dollars for approximately ten minutes of screen time. That's a good day's work, that isn't it? That's all right. That's Robert Downey that's... Jr. money. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what Jack Nicholson did, didn't he, in Batman? Yeah. That is like, you give me money, money, money. That is Schwarzenegger money from Batman and Robin. That's what that is. <laughs> Undeserved. <Yeah>. I <laughs> completely. <laughs> completely. Um, that whole section was weird for me. Because I, compl- like, I watched the rest of the movie, went back on my notes, and was like, oh yeah, Zod was in this. Like, yeah. I, I honestly thought I'd put on Superman 2. Because I, I, I was like, why... It, 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 they didn't need to have Zod and his, his cronies there, and the whole Phantom Zone sequence was is so bizarre. Like they were just like flying off on a weird. Um, well, it's not the entire <laughs> Millennium Dome opened up to let the. Yeah. <laughs> Did anyone else note that just says looking their suits? I, I, I literally, I feel like their their suits on Krypton were giving me a nosebleed because it, they were just like glowing. Oh, after yes. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was, I was seeing shiny, shiny Oscar-winning actors for hours after this. They were just <laughs> burned into my retinas. They, they were really, really unpleasant. I don't understand why they needed to be. Uh, I have got a note here: the strange luminescent suits. Um, and also, I've also got a note that just says 1970s model sets for the win. It's <laughs> Oh, the uh, the Fortress of Solitude, well, it looked like the Fortress of Solitude. It looked quite yeah. nice, though. It looked comic booky. It was shiny. You can't keep anything clean on Krypton, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. It would be a, a complete <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> like, there's, there's bits of Krypton that I liked, but the whole, like, this is what you talk about, Tom, pointless architecture. It looks impossible to live in this place. It's just, like, crevices canyons massive spires and peaks like how does anybody live on this planet uh well there's a bit a little bit after that where everyone's falling over for about 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> and i've just got the note just, just explode already just 
like massive diamond spires penetrating yeah. the building as well. You're like, well, why have you? Why is that happening? Like, yeah. Whose design choice was this? When are, we, when are we going to perfect diamond technology? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm, we've already I'm pretty sure you considering, it. like, when he's walking around being a lawyer for some reason at the beginning, and he's got this <laughs> big old yeah. crystal. Is that just like a USB? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. I've got it's the just, indictments uh, on here. <laughs> it's it's just a big SD card. That is. Um, I, 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 the whole opening was just strange. Uh, yeah, because I've got a note here, the Phantom Zone Mirror of Doom. And then just I imagine, you know, they've, they've never made a Superman movie before. And the whole thing opens. Like you introduce a whole generation of people to Superman with all this absolute nonsense phantom zone sequence which i'm pretty sure that's not what the phantom zone is um and then we get do you reckon uh, they put that in after they've done the second one do you think that's like a an edit to like i don't know if this was in the original cut this because i feel like they've clearly set up a sequel already for for zod and everyone but i'm i I don't know I, i i'd love to know if that was in the original cut and if if we'd have put some effort in we could have researched that and find out but that's uh, not the way we roll on this show i had a don't, i'd had don't enough think, of like, <laughs> <laughs> don't you feel like these sort of older versions of comic book films are a lot more close to the comic books than they are now like they they, they expect us to know a lot more about comic books in these older films like Batman, yeah, for instance, Superman. Yeah, it was, it was very, it, it was very, very comic booky. I just don't think at the time they quite had the technology to really bring Krypton to life in a believable and not migraine-inducing way. Um, so here's a question: Marlon Brando or Russell Crowe for big off-you-go baby speeches? Uh. I found Marlon Brando's one really self-centered. <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. Just like, you're the best of me. Yeah. I am coming with you. So <laughs> I'm really good, so I'm putting you... Like, does mum get to come? No, just, just no. one. Just I one ghost parent. I have an image of him, like, palm on the face, pushing her away. It's like, get out of the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Just Marlon Brando being a complete prick. <laughs> He's very like Calculon from Futurama, Marlon Brando. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. He is. He you is. Think um, he is. Like... They um at, at at the start when Marlon Brando was being all um you know Jor-El is here to save the day. He says that the planet's going to explode in 30 days. So he knows it's going to explode in 30 days. Why does he wait until day 30, hour 23, to send Superman into space? Uh, he could have sent him off weeks ago. And he's waiting until everyone, like you said, is just stumbling over for five minutes. Well, he had to wait for the... Well, because like, the, the baby writers are a very sort of niche job market on Krypton. So we had to wait for one to be available to get everything written down. <laughs> oh, God. While, while we're talking about the, the scene where the baby is shot into space, did anyone, like, tune out a little bit because that scene went on for, like, several hours? He is okay. in space 
I feel like I feel like I went through his whole life. Like he he, he becomes about ten by the end of it, and I feel like I was sat there for ten years. Yeah. Well, like, why is he learning about Einstein? Have has Krypton not got better scientists? Like, have they not gone further than? Uh, yeah, because I mean, because I mean, even even Einstein's had some things like you know we've gone beyond some things that even he taught. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I was just he was watching all the science stuff, and then he would, they they cut out the bit where he's watching all the banal TV series. Like he's watching the entirety <laughs> of Game of Thrones, like The Wire. The stuff. <laughs> We have to <laughs> I would love that. It's like keeping up with the Kardashians as well. <laughs> you just, just cut back to it, and it's uh, just him chatting like, "Well, the end. Of, some people really didn't like the end of Sopranos, but <laughs> yeah, it, it's just Superman binging pop culture. Wow, he was a ghost the whole time. <laughs> That's the movie I want to see. I was just relieved to get off Krypton because I just I. I there were bits of it I enjoyed. I just the 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 set design, the costuming, the even like the lighting. It was just hard to watch. Yeah. It was a really hard seventy three minutes. Yeah. And also, why so, a Christmas ornaments the most aerodynamic thing on the Krypton or something. Makes <laughs> <laughs> no sense. At least the really phallic stuff from. Like, Man of Steel is kind of a right shape. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, what what is it with these films and naked Superman? Yeah. Yeah. Like, did did Zack Snyder watch this and think and and, put, and just think? Right, well, I have to include that again. I need the scene when the dad sends him to space, and I need naked Clark Kent. Need toddler. <laughs> Uh, Ooh, I knew you okay. edit it out, anyway. but I didn't finish that sentence. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we'll just leave it at that. I might leave it in. Who knows? Who knows? Who, I'm not who... being funny as well, but I, I can't remember the actors' names, but I, I've written down Kevin Costner and Diane Lane, but that's from yeah. um, the other. Um, I thought Kevin Costner and Diane Lane seem pretty chill about an alien. Yeah. They, yeah, I, yeah, same, same. I have the exact same note. They... Why, why didn't Richard Donner say, you know what, guys, just dial it up a little bit. Like, you, you live in, you know, rural Midwestern America. This is the strangest thing you see is is the milkman. So let's really just go for it here. And they're just like, oh, look. Do you think they're the top? Boy. No one. Marley loves it, though. Do you think they're told that no one can outact Marlon Brando? It's like... I'm, I'm almost positive... Marlon so Brando was, was sets a all, level. Yeah, like <laughs> although he wasn't in the scene, he's behind the camera, just like nope, too much, too much. I do love it though. He's like Jonathan, I've got an idea. Let's steal a space baby. Let's <laughs> <laughs> steal a space baby. I was going to ask you guys um, what your alternate titles this film would be. Let's steal a space baby. Yeah, it's a pretty good alternate title for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. So, um, Jonathan and Martha, Martha, steal a face, baby. <laughs> um, and then Superman 
kicks a football towards a train. I genuinely thought he was going to derail that train when he kicked that football towards it. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for a massive train wreck. That would have been then... an awesome like turn in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I really thought they was going to take a hard right and Superman was going to derail a passenger train right exactly. at the start. Just does everything out of guilt from that point. Just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's caused one of the worst rail disasters in American history. That You know what? I'll be a good guy now. Um, I don't know how much like you said, Tom, I, I didn't need most of um, teenage years Smallville no. Superman. I could have skipped past all that. None of it because none of it comes no. back into the film either. No. The only I, thing I, is I, uh, after you do. Um, so it, it seems to be a little bit of a, a thing where I, I bring up cameos in films. So there's a there's a scene where he's running past that train and that kid's like pointing at him. Yeah. Um, the mum and dad on the train are the original um, Superman and Lois Lane. Oh yeah, from like the radio. Like forties, fifties. Like. Is this um? Has this been fact checked? Like your uh, Bob Kane yes. fact that I found out wasn't true. <laughs> <laughs> is that not true? No, it is true. No, I, 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 it wasn't him. He he drew the thing, but it wasn't Bob Kane in the scene. But he did draw it and sign it. Um, I, I only stumbled across that by accident, but yeah. Well, no, this It's the original yeah. Superman and Lois Lane. Yeah, that's hey. nice. It is nice. It, th- this film has that thing that Man of Steel has, though, when he's just um, conspicuously exhibiting his powers for the whole world to see. He's, he's subtle as a brick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he runs weirder than Ezra Miller. Uh, oh, just... yeah. <laughs> His legs are like noodles, like <laughs> flying behind him. It's a bit like that woman on Back to the Future, like you know, where her legs are. Like, <laughs> <laughs> a bit like Kirsten Dunst flapping about at the uh, Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, <laughs> I am all for Plastic films th- throwing around their actors. So I, I, can't, I, I can't believe how similar this film is to Man of Steel, though, because then you get the scene when uh, Papa Kent dies. He, he he doesn't have a very um, exciting exit. In he just falls over and has a heart attack for yeah, reasons I unknown. I kind of prefer... I just prefer it. Like, Clark can, can still learn the lesson that he can't save everyone yeah. without there being a tornado. <laughs> <laughs> But I like the ridiculousness of the tornado, specifically just hitting his dad. <laughs> no, don't try to save me, even though you could go quicker than anyone could even see and it'll be fine. <laughs> just stay there, 20 feet away. You're superpowered. So they know anyway, they know who you are. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. The... Um, after that, he, he then decides to go and explore um, the, the North Pole and he plants a kryptonite seed, which then grows the Fortress of Solitude. I don't understand any of this sequence, quite frankly. Uh, I, just, I, don't, I don't get it. It's one of the iconic bits of a film. and it, it, But yeah, if you think about it too much, it's like, what? What is happening? <laughs> just, yeah. What is actually happening? Where? where, where what? 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 <laughs> just what the fuck's happening where does he get the the kryptonite thing from how does he know what to do with it well it's none of it marlon brando sort of 
conspicuously puts it on his little weird crystal nest. <laughs> and then that's it. <laughs> yeah, that no explanation. He's watched all of the Kardashians back to back. and He's been landed with. I should mm. just mention that there is that line that um, when... Um, baby Kal-El is flying through space for 23 minutes and you've got Marlon Brando's voiceover. He says you must not interfere with human history. And and that comes back a couple of times. And, oh, oh boy. I mean, we'll come on to that. But I thought <laughs> I'd just mention that line now. Uh, so, so after we get the Fortress of Solitude uh, growing like a sped up David Attenborough movie, we then get to meet Lois Lane at the Daily Planet. How did she get a job as a journalist? Because she seems dreadful at her She's, job in this film. She, she has to be dyslexic, right? Yeah. She, uh, <laughs> one of her first lines is, there's only one P in rapist, right? Come on. Yeah. So I put, is Lois Lane illiterate? She's reporting on a rapist, and then I put a question mark. I don't like the characterization of Lois Lane in this film. I don't think they, they do that character too much justice, quite frankly. She's got very little agency, and she just seems like uh, not good at a job. No. And what annoys me about the people at that place is that nobody knows he's Superman. I... Yeah, journalists. Yeah. <laughs> Investigative journalists do not know that Clark Kent is Superman. I have to say, though, um, Christopher Reeve is... Uh, th- there's problems in this film. Christopher Reeve is not one of the problems. Yeah, I think he, he, is, he makes it he's, he's perfect. Because he... He's so great at characterising Clark Kent and contrasting it with Superman. I mean, I know, you know the hair design isn't him, but just the, his posture, his stance, his, his, the way he speaks, he's so good as Clark Kent. And he's yeah. just like the yeah. nicest guy as well. And it, it really is heartbreaking, obviously, what, what happens to Christopher Reeve in, in real life. But this this film is just, he's, he's perfect in it. Um, and it, it just shows that I, I wish films nowadays would be a bit braver with casting because they'd... I mean, I suppose Henry Cavill was, was fairly unknown when he got cast as Superman, mm. but I, I really like it when you discover these relatively unknown actors that then become so um, legendary in pop culture. Yeah. I love it as well, but he's such a, he's such a klutz. That's my favourite, favourite Clark Kent trait, is that he's just so clumsy because he is he's massive and he's so fucking built as well <laughs> just that bit where he's going through the revolving door and <laughs> he's like 10 feet wide yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just he's great. excellent he, he is excellent yeah. um the equivalent of superman it's like it's like when people who are really good singers have to pretend to not be able to sing in things or like pretend they're bad it's superman who can do anything has to yeah. pretend that he's the most useless man in the world. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after we get our introduction to the Daily Planet and their um, very incompetent journalists, we then meet um, Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor. And my next note just says, this is a horny movie. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a very horny movie. 
Um, Lex Luthor and Eve Tessmacher clearly get it on whenever the cameras aren't rolling. <laughs> yeah, what, well, I've got, like, why does he use these people? One is... He, oh, oh, God. Yeah. And she's just not very nice to him. <laughs> I mean, he, he keeps her around for her uh, outrageous cleavage, clearly. And I suspect Otis gets to hang around just for a bit of levity, a bit of comedy. There's a, there's a bit further on. Uh, I won't ruin it for whoever's listening. Um, where <laughs> I I honestly thought they were a bit like Dick, Dick Dastardly and Motley in Wacky Racers. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, they, he... And then, like... Lex Luthor's really surprised that this Otis character can't get anything right, and it's like, how long has he been your sidekick, and how long? <laughs> it's like Looney Tunes at times. It's so slapstick, and again, this is one of the problems with the movie. That is not Lex Luthor. That is a stupid Bond villain, is what that is. Yeah. He, he, he struck me as like a, a, a slightly not as intelligent goldfinger almost yeah well at least at least his plan is very comic booky like oh, it's yeah, something that, um, yeah. and, like a mad villain would try and pull off uh, um tom what is his plan please tell me what his plan is because i still i'm still not sure I, I... Uh, he wants to <laughs> he wants to not well he's bought all the land a bit inland uh-huh. and then he wants to get rid of the land between that and the sea yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, it's a devilish real estate plot is what it is. Yeah. It it, it couldn't be Oh Lewis, you can you can appreciate. Right. Yeah, this is I mean this is what we do at work. We we we're we're generally just finding uh, dams to knock down. It's mostly what estate <laughs> right. agents do. House is now seafront, we can add another twenty thousand onto the price. <laughs> oh god. I just, I don't know. Gene, Gene Hackman um, chewed a lot of scenery in this film. Yeah. Compare, I'd love to see a comparison between any of the scenes of him and Otis to the beginning of Marlon Brando and the Council on Krypton. They are such different movies, it's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, this is what I mean. The the the, the film, I, I don't know, like, like I said, the, the opening is so um, stylized, and then you you get this, like like you said, Tom, Dick Dastardly and Muttley type relationship afterwards. It, it, there's such a juxtaposition between the um, intellectuals of Krypton and the yeah. morons of Luther and, and, and Otis. It really annoys me because Lex Luthor is this massive, like, mastermind. And he is boiled down to someone who just wants to make a quick book. Yeah, like, that, yeah. Like, I is, agree. Is it... His, because I mean, you, you know, you said Tom that like, his plan was comic booky. It is, but it's not very Lex Luthory. It's very simple. No, it's yeah, like Lex Luthor usually has grandest schemes about humanity because he's all for you know he thinks he's the savior of of Earth, and he he's, he's never that bothered about Superman either. Like, he's just like, eh, whatever. If he wants to stop me, you can stop me. It's it's never really about him and Superman. It's just about him and Superman just sort of happens to get in his way. And I, I, I would have much preferred it if it was a more intellectual battle of wits between Luther and Superman. It's not. It's all just Bron yeah. versus Bron, basically. Yeah. Does, he, does he actively murder cops a lot in the books? Um, 
I the don't first know. thing that happens is like go go gadget yeah. cop murder. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's pushing me in front of a train. It's just so yeah, stupid. Yeah, that was um. <laughs> yeah, that that wasn't good. Um, I dare say I might enjoy Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor more than Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor. Yeah, because Jesse Eisenberg, he's, he's more sort of like calculating into which Lex Luthor is. You know, he, he takes yeah. a long time to do anything. Like, he yeah. doesn't just run ho into something. He, he's thought about it, he's calculated. But this, this film, he's woken up one day and thought, right, I'm going to bomb half of L.A. Yeah. Like, At some and, point, we need to talk about the jar of piss, but I think we can come back to that another time. Oh, yes. Yeah. Where's my note about the jar of piss? <laughs> Are you talking about Marlon Brando? <laughs> I'm still in Batman v Superman, but he's probably got one knocking about. That sounds very Brando. Like. <laughs> Goodness me. Um, what did you guys make of Gene Hackman then? He's having fun. We need to talk about the wigs, don't we? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I was, I was going to save it for later in the film, but yeah, let's just get on to Gene Hackman's wig. First of all, why has he got a wig on? What's it doing? Because everyone knows who he is anyway. Well, apparently, Gene Hackman didn't want to shave his head. So he didn't want to shave his head, so he's not got a wig on in the scene. It's actually just his hair parted in different ways. But well, well that... have him have hair. Like... Yeah, exactly. Like This is, this is what I... Th- I genuinely belly laughed at two in the morning when he pulled his wig off. I was like, why is he even wearing it? Like, there was no narrative purpose to it. It didn't change anything. He just took his wig off at the end and that was it. Like, oh, look, it was Lex Luthor all along. (laughs) We talk about trivia, don't we? And apparently, so Gene Hackman was like, I'm not shaving my head. I don't want to go bald. So he didn't for the whole film. And then that ending bit, the director said, if you shave your head, I will shave my moustache off. And apparently the director didn't do it, but Gene Hackman was like, yeah, okay. I've read that. That's amazing. (laughs) I did read that as well, actually. That's great. Oh, Didn't Gene Hackman have a moustache, actually, that he had to shave off? Isn't that what it was? I think think Richard Donner made him shave off his moustache, promising to shave his off as well, and he didn't shave off his (laughs) moustache. Didn't the director have a fake moustache? So he's been wearing a fake moustache. Yeah, that's what he did. At the end, he just ripped it off. Like, <laughs> yeah, you are. Sometimes we say things on this podcast that are wildly untrue, but I believe that is actually exactly what happened. Which I find the trivia oh. more interesting than the films. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, you are right. That is that that is better than the film. Like, if they'd have just filmed that for three minutes and put it up, I I would have had a better time. Um, <laughs> It's strange because, you know, this is sort of revered as a classic superhero film, but I really struggled through it. I have to say, like, there's a lot I like about it, but there was a lot of just, um, a lot of filler and a lot of scenes where I'm just waiting for something to happen. And I want to see Superman and that amazing John Williams score. And I want to feel like I'm being taken away with Superman. And there's just a lot of dead 20, 30 minutes of, of nothingness. Yeah. Strange because again, I I think this is one of these films that it, it's probably better if you haven't experienced superhero films today 
because I just don't think the structure and the pacing of these older films quite work for us anymore. It's like when you watch um, A New Hope, that the, the first 40 minutes of that film drag. Like, Star Wars is great, but you're on Tatooine for far too long, and it's uh, it's not... Uh, you you wouldn't make it anymore like that. The problem these old films fall into is that they have they feel like they have to explain every little bit of the film. Like yeah. They have to put in a bit where Superman is just sat at home. And it's like, no, you don't need to explain what he does in his spare time. I just need to see his progression through this film. I don't need to see these... Origin movies! <laughs> <laughs> There's literally an interview. It's like, what do you want to know? Uh, I don't like <laughs> lead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. That's sort of the... Um, first time we get a proper superman scene it's, it's well over an hour into the film when we until we get superman um i have to say though i think the best moment in the whole film is when he sees the helicopter crashing and he glances at the little tiny phone box and he's like oh no nope, can't get changing that it's that wonderful great. it's so it's so funny it's such a great callback to just classic superman oh my god oh, <laughs> oh Louis, my god <laughs> Louis, <are you> okay <laughs> cut that out <laughs> wow uh, where were well, we that uh the helicopter scene is so it's very final destination yeah like, it is so, like, everything's going wrong oh no oh no like <laughs> If you're hanging out of a helicopter, would your first response be to take your seatbelt off? <laughs> yes. Because that yes. helicopter seemed quite stable where it was. It was fine. It wasn't like wobbling or anything. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but you're also not Lois Lane, who, as we know, is a little bit mentally deficient. <laughs> she <laughs> is. <laughs> oh, so, dear. Lewis, we're talking about little bits of like comedy in the film, and there are little bits where I think that's actually pretty good. One of my favourite bits is where Otis goes into um, Lex Luthor's lair and he knocks over a lamp, and uh, Gene Hackman goes, oh, we were just talking about you. Maybe it's your cat-like reflexes. (laughs) (laughs) It is a funny film. It's just, I, th- I don't expect the humour to come from Lex Luthor. No. That's not where I expect the comic relief to come from. I do love that um, when we finally get Superman and, you know, the world sees him, saves a helicopter, there is an immediate crime spree in Metropolis. <laughs> and suddenly he's, <laughs> he's he is run ragged all night, stopping bank robbers and all sorts. It's, it's so, yeah. so funny. That is... Um... The thing I would love to see in more superhero movies is a little montage. It's a little... He's actually solving yeah, crimes just, and stuff. It's nice. Yeah, it, it's it's like the um, Arkham Knight game. I, I would have loved it if that was a game where you could just go and like, solve petty crimes. Just see them being a, an everyday hero. Um, They're so yeah, stupid, think... the crimes. Like, one guy's climbing a building. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> he's he's got the diamonds? where's he going (laughs) he's going to uh, base jump off the roof I think just for a a cool exit (laughs) I like how when that happens the police officer forgets how to be a police officer (laughs) 
Superman just places him next to him and says, you might want to lock him up, and then the police officer just turns into a bumbling idiot. Yeah. <laughs> he does. This film is so know. stupid. <laughs> the response oh. time, like, when the helicopter thing happens, there's cops and ambulances there immediately. The response times in Metropolis are on point. They don't need <laughs> Superman. <laughs> yeah, but they run into that problem that we've seen in every superhero film where they just shine a light on the action. <laughs> <laughs> do nothing. Do absolutely nothing. Just, oh, we can see it, but I just can't reach it. <laughs> do you think oh, it's like in Batman where they just wiggled the door a bit and went, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> I truly can't believe how many films we've watched where... Um, floodlights are so prominent in these scenes oh but, but nothing nothing will top um spider-man where they just shine it on toby Maguire for a good minute and a half and absolutely nothing face, happens and then there's, a, there's a guy with a sketch of his face and then they still don't know who he is um that scene when uh otis knocks the lamp over i put oh lex luther having a hawaiian themed swingers party Telling you guys, it is a horny, horny movie. This film. <laughs> if I, I think if I could live in any sort of villain or superhero lair that we've seen in movies, I'd probably pick this one. Oh yeah, you got a nice think... library. You've got a pool. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he he does a different theme every week, like it's Hawaiian nice. themed, Caribbean <laughs> themed, <laughs> Asian theme next week. Throwing kimonos. A, a lot of a. Uh, a lot of cultural appropriation from Lex Luthor, but he's a villain. It's what they do. Ah, uh, makes sense. Oh, okay. That's good, isn't it? That's a little yeah. tidbit for you. I did not know that. Did not know that. Right, let's discuss one of the uh, most famous sequences in the film. Um, when Superman... We've already touched on it a little bit. When Superman arrives at Lois Lane's house and they have that interview and he's looking at her underwear and, and what have you. <laughs> he's um, such a it's... I told you guys, there's so much sexual tension in this film. They are just... D-T-F. Oh, absolutely. And I don't know. It's just... Very iconic scene, but very, very strange, very, very arousing. So, as as you know, I am the majority of the time severely hungover when I watch these films. Um, I feel like I was sick in my own mouth when Lois Lane <laughs> does her monologue in the sky. I yeah. Was like, okay. Oh. Would you like me to to read oh. it to you guys? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It is one of the strangest sequences in any film I've ever seen because what? the music is a little bit ethereal. The voiceover is a, a bit incongruous. It's just weird. But yeah, here it is. Verbatim. Oh, Can no. you read my mind? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, already, I'm already gone. <laughs> oh, okay. Right, no, I can do this. Here we go. Uh, all right, let's do some acting. Let's do some acting. Can you oh. read my mind? Do you know what it is that you do to me? I don't know who you are. Just a friend from another star. Here I am, like a kid out of school, holding hands with a god. I'm a fool. Will you look at me? Quivering. Like a little girl, <laughs> shivering. 
You can see right through me. Gross. Can you read my mind? Can you picture the things I'm thinking of? Horny, I'm telling you. (laughs) Wondering why you're all the wonderful things you are. You can fly. You belong in the sky. It's like a fucking child wrote this. You and I could belong to each other. (laughs) If you need a friend, I'm the one to fly to. If you need to be loved, here I am. Read my mind. That is filth. From start to finish, that is filth. You know, we all know, you know what read my mind really means. You know, you know, I mean, I'm sure we've all been doing it in lockdown. When you do those family quizzes where nobody really wants to be in the same room. Um, <laughs> someone, someone does like a round where they read out music lyrics and they go, name that song. That's literally <laughs> what you've just done. Like, that could have <laughs> Really shit song where you think, oh, I know this. You're high in the sky. You belong in the sky. You, you're a god. I'm holding hands. And you just think. Yeah. Uh, I, my note just says Lois Lane's horny sky poem. <laughs> just think that. That's, that is my alternate title for the film. Horny sky poem. <laughs> <laughs> If she did anything else that had anything to do with things rhyming, I'd be all right with it, I think. Yeah, just this is what I mean. Her her characterization is so strange. Um, I, I, I kind of get what they're going for. You know, she's this sort of, you know, she's, you know, very taken aback with him. You know, she's swooning over him but the whole way that they execute that scene is like who <laughs> when is she written this who is she reading it to why has she written it why and for a solid 20 minutes they're flying and they're just looking at each other while she's reciting this in her head like she's they're both miraculously flying like vertically oh. like, i'd love horrible. to see it from his point of view it's like She's not said anything for a while. She wrote this weird. <laughs> yeah, the, the the Superman version of this is just what's she looking at? What? Why does she keep staring at me? What? Why? What, why is there no on? that either? Like, why is her face not like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would like, be amazing. <laughs> back to the fur, back to the future. She'd be flapping about like a rag doll. Oh <laughs> God. Kite in the wind. Like... I I want to see the scene where she's trying to read this while she's gasping for air, flying yeah, at seventy miles an hour. Like, yeah, yeah. can you move my flies in her mouth and like. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of him like placing her down and she's got loads of flies in her teeth. <laughs> that was great. I loved all of that. <laughs> Do you reckon there's ever been a Superman where he's like, like how birds can occasionally hit a plane? Just like a seed. Sorry. I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm, gone. I'm just picturing Lois Lane smiling with just, just insects in her mouth. <laughs> oh god! Oh Christ! Oh god! Oh, oh dear! Oh god! Oh god! Oh dear! Oh 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> that would be such a better film. <laughs> it's just, just like covered in cuts and bruises and everything. <laughs> oh, okay. I need to compose myself a little bit. What are we talking about? <laughs> what are we talking about? Back to the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, dear. Oh, what a film. What a good film this is. Oh, it's such a good time. I feel like this is one of those films that would have been better if we would have written it. <laughs> <laughs> this is this oh. is release the podcast on if no crack whatever it is. <laughs> okay. Right. Who <laughs> who wants to go next? <laughs> there's, there's a theory about uh, Superman's powers. You know how he could pick up a plane. Just easy peasy. Uh-huh. But in reality, if you tried to do that, it would like snap off at the front or whatever. Yeah. There's a theory that he has like this weird energy power which goes through the entire thing and holds it in place. And that's the only thing I can think of which would stop Lois Lane flapping about like a flag. Or crow magic. Or crow magic. <laughs> no, yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget about even twenty years before the crow, the crow magic was permeating these these movies. <laughs> oh, okay, right. What happens after this? <laughs> where where know, does the film go after in, this? In the sixties and seventies, did people just watch TV in the street? <laughs> yeah, they just every single they just watched it <laughs> from this era. They watched TV through a window. Uh, look up. You're at the building. Look up. <laughs> to be fair, they even do it in like Godzilla. The the watching it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Can we talk about um, Lex Luthor's master plot to um, change the direction of this torpedo thing? Uh, yeah. Um, no. Because I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, but, but before we get to that, we get Lois Lane doing a, a, one of those one of those classic uh, journalism driving interviews. Um, why didn't she just park the car and speak to him? Why has she got a drive and interview at the same time? Because she can't. I, I know. Because she can't write, so she has oh. to hide it. She's always in motion. (laughs) It's a ploy to throw people off the scent. Oh, that's good. Oh, oh boy. Wow. Uh, Yeah, so Lex Luthor then. um, Lex Luthor fires a missile that. What sort of missile skims across land at like 30 feet above the ground? That seems really, really impractical for a missile. <laughs> the whole plot to like move that missile is ridiculous. Like we didn't need to see that. If they'd have said, "Oh, Lexus fired a missile at LA," we'd be like, "Yeah, that's fine." You don't have to show me him pulling up in an ambulance, like dressed as yeah. someone else, and then when it all oh. goes to pot, like he t- then t- miraculously transforms into a truck driver. Like, and none of the people driving these vehicles going, have you got a twin brother as a paramedic? Like, <laughs> yeah, the, why, 
it's just it's strange seeing Lex Luthor so hands on in his own schemes. Like he would have people to do this for him because he he's there like in front of all these people. Um, why are they not like oh that's that's like Luthor. That's that famous billionaire Lex Luthor over uh, there. Because he's, he's wearing a wig. Because he's wearing a wig. Right. <laughs> of course, that's what the wig was for. Um, <laughs> and again, like, just literally seen him as a paramedic ten minutes ago. Well, they were distracted by <laughs> assaulting a woman. So. Oh, yeah. Eve, Eve Tessmarker gets, um, I mean, it's rape. Yeah, it, it's, it goes it's weird. Rape. Yeah, the, the 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 whole film, I have to say, just goes off the rails in the third act, completely off the rails. Like there's 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 a lot to like in the first two acts. Even in the strange Krypton scenes, there's some bits that I like. But this, the, like I said, Lex Luthor's plot, his scheme to fake a car accident, and all, the the weird weird rapey paramedics, everything's just unsettling after that is- point. There is a great scene, though, after that, where um, Clark Kent learns about what Lex Luthor is, what Lex Luthor is doing, and he, oh, he, it, the camera follows him from the outside through the um, the Daily Planet. That that frequency trick is very Lex Luthor. That's yeah, I really oh, I did like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I did quite like that actually, because that sort of shows the. Um, there's, there's not a lot in this film that shows Lex Luthor's intelligence, but the fact that he figured out how to speak directly just to Superman and all of Metropolis's dogs is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I just had the Who's a good boy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I would love it if when Superman breaks into Lex Luthor's lair, he's followed by just a pack of Border Collies. <laughs> I <laughs> am come with him and... <laughs> directly to you, Crypto. Who's a good boy? <laughs> <laughs> you, you want your ball? You want your ball? Go get your ball. Go get your ball. Uh, it was, it was uh, very sort of like um, Voldemort in Harry Potter, wasn't it? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very sort of like I'm talking directly to you. Uh, yeah, that is, that is true. JK completely stole that. <laughs> we didn't mention the fact that this film... Um, well, you mentioned earlier that um, Richard Donner uh, put on a fake moustache. What are the odds that two Superman films revolve so heavily around moustaches? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is it with these films and moustaches being such a big problem? I blame the original Joker. I think it's some kind of curse that he's put on. Like, <laughs> yes, <Cesar> Romero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, out of all of Superman's powers... I mean, obviously your favourite is going to be where he spins really fast yeah. through the earth um, to then break into Lex Luthor's um, inner sanctum. That is great, where he's just like spinning really, really fast yeah, in there. Literally, my next note is spinning powers? <laughs> yeah. Lex Luthor has another line where he goes, it's open, come in. <laughs> That's a pretty good line. It's very good. Great. Yeah, the uh, I've also got um, <laughs> Superman's weird screwdriver skills. Like that's just a strange way to enter a building. Um, Can you imagine the the movie where he just goes too far and ends up in China? <laughs> <laughs> I can I can imagine that movie and I love it. I love it. There's oh, a lot. Boy. 
creative license you take with these films, isn't it? Like, they just invent powers for him to have. Mm. I mean, we haven't even spoken about the time travel. Well, uh, I've got a whole page for that. I mean, we might as well just come <laughs> on to it, because um, I just, I don't understand why, I mean, never mind the logic of it, because it, it, it's it's complete bullshit, but what what was the, the, the point of it? Why not just have him save Lois the first time? What what was the point in showing that he can do that? Because it doesn't ever come become a thing again. He could have just saved her first time around and you would have got the same outcome. Yeah. What what was the point? Why? Why create something so stupid if it's not gonna be narratively important? The the only thing I think of is that it's like they're trying to show him breaking away from his Krypton stuff with the whole not changing type yeah. history thing. But yeah. no, it's I guess, <laughs> I guess. But I mean, even even then, that sounded like uh, a warning from Jor-El. Like, you know, you can't you can't do this. Yeah, so he never he I... never says you can't spin around the Earth and change time. He says don't interfere. Yeah. So yeah, even that's not quite. Correct. Superman knows that's gonna work. Like, how does he know that? Or is he just like a really angsty teen and he's just like crying as he's going round the earth? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Like, does he know that it will work? I mean, we taught every other thing of like traveling through space. So clearly, um, how does he turn back time? Because I mean, it's clearly absolute nonsense. But what do you think the the discussion was in the writers' room to explain this time travel because it's not as if he he himself has gone through time. He has physically turned back time around him, meaning he yeah. is unaffected by the time change. So it's not as if he has travelled through time. He has travelled around time and sent it backwards. I love the idea that in the writers' room they were like, right, okay, so he needs to reverse time. What is time? And then someone at the, there was a 10 minute pause and then some guy went, well, it's just the earth rotating on its axis. That's, that's what time is. So maybe if you reverse that axis, that would reverse time. Yes. Yes. Put it in. We've done it, guys. We've figured that out is, what time is. That is lunch. <laughs> Good stuff. Is, is also Tom still there? I think we've lost him. I think we've lost him as well. Well, that seems like a good time to take a break then while we go and find out what's happened to Tom. He's trapped in the phantom zone. Um, so we figured out time travel then. That's good. The... Why, didn't, why didn't he go back further? This is always the question when you when when you this is another thing when you choose to introduce time travel as a an element in your film, you, you just open a can of worms. Like, like the whole uh, like the time turner in Harry Potter. Like just go all the way back and kill Tom Riddle when he's young. Just kill the child. Doesn't matter. You, you know who he becomes. Then you fall into that trap of if they go back and kill Tom Riddle, they have lost the reason for going back in time. Yeah. So they, they've they've eradicated that reason for going back in time, so they can't go back and kill him. Whoa. Well, it's like if, if if Superman went back and saved his dad or saved Krypton, he would have no excuse to then go back in time to save his family because it wouldn't have happened. But 
the way they design time travel in this film, he doesn't physically travel through time. He turns time. Uh, he turns back a localized area of time. Like he, he hasn't turned back the universe's time. It's just Earth. Yeah. So he's not actually affecting. So in, in in technically in this reality, Earth is about twenty minutes behind the rest of the universe now. I didn't think of that. Does he? Is it just Earth? Like, I think so. Because I, mean, I don't yeah. think Superman is. I don't think he himself is traveling through time. It's 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 constructed as if he himself is turning he, back a localized area of time on Earth. You see, the Earth literally stopped moving one yeah. way and goes back the other way, don't you? Hmm. Yeah. Right. So in this version, is there just Fuck for knows. one? Is there just for one Superman? Like, yes. has he gone back? I think okay. So. In which case, which disaster has he not fixed to save Lois Lane? <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good point. Okay. <laughs> like, did he just leave the dam? <laughs> the dam's fucked. Mm-hmm. Or was he just like, yeah, oh, I should be, I should be a little bit quicker, shouldn't I? Let's. Come on, <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that 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 hurts my brain. <laughs> yes, maybe it's just that right. Okay, I know Lex what I'm doing Luther, this time. Does Lex Luthor's plan still happen because he's yeah. reversed time? Yeah, because it's still. Yeah, because it still caused the. It's still been an earthquake and everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that that still happens. Oh dear, this 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 doesn't doesn't make sense. Oh, you know what? It might not be a good film. It's definitely not. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's one of those films I, that it... <laughs> I enjoyed, genuinely, 100% enjoyed watching Godzilla and Alien vs. Predator over this film. And I love superhero uh... films. I love comic books, I love everything about it, but this film was a drag. It, it was, and I, I don't quite know where the the love for this film comes from i think it is a love for christopher reeve and not so much yeah because because he he is excellent the whole way through the film um i don't think anybody else particularly is is that good i don't uh, michael kidder is okay i i I don't think she gets the best material to work with marlon brando's a prick and gene hackman is just like 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 you said he's just so so slapstick um Mm. The only other person I really quite enjoy is uh, the uh, Perry White. Uh, oh yeah, quite, yeah. I think him and J.K. Simmons will get on. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's got a really he, nice he, sort of like Michael Keaton perm to him. Oh yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> Love that perm. Um, where? I mean, we we started this podcast with Man of Steel. How do you compare this then to our modern Superman? I um I would have to put on an apology to what I said about Man of Steel. <laughs> I am so sorry. About the <laughs> they they are strikingly similar films to you know in the first half. Of, of each they're very very similar and then i think both films go off the rails in the third act uh but i I'd think man of steel the, sorry i'd say yeah, this is I very just... similar to the brandon ruth superman like, well, I think... that's meant to be the same one isn't it mm-hmm. like He's kevin meant... spacey is pretty much gene hackman isn't he 
They're they're yeah. the same sort of characters. Obsessed with land deals. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, it's very very tedious, like banal supervillain plots, aren't they? They're just they're just not not intriguing. They're not captivating by any means. There's no like grander, um, you know, philosophical musings behind it. And and I expect that from a Lex Luthor character. I just the, the, there's a lot I, I like in the film. There's a lot of moments that I like, but I think it's it's the sum of its parts are better than the final film. Basically, Probably about two hours into this film, I was like, I would kill for a dubstep gun right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just anything oh. to lighten up this. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, um, I think. I think I would have to pick Man of Steel over this, just because, although I think Christopher Reeve is a better Superman, but I think Man of Steel is just a more engaging film, and it's it's probably the best superhero film Zack Snyder's done, and I think I, I, I like, it's, it's a low bar, admittedly, um, <laughs> but I like the fact that Man of Steel has a lot more of that philosophical nature to it. It's a lot more about what it is to be human. Well, I don't think this film really ever goes that deep. It's a very, it's quite a shallow film, really. Yeah. Well, apart from the very end, the, the moral of we're all part of the same team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's good. It's like, it's like your 70s like sports flick, isn't it? They were all the rage back then. Oh dear. Yeah, um, ruined by the very terrible special effects and very terrible monologues throughout the film. <laughs> you know, yeah, you can't you can't take that last sentence seriously as like a philosophical overview of the mm. film when you've just seen Superman pretend to be train tracks. Like Oh yeah. They'd all be dead. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. The their organs would have kept moving at, at that pace and have gone straight through the rib cage. <laughs> the um, oh, God. you know what? I'm just disappointed. I'm just disappointed with this film. <laughs> I'm just disappointed. Do you know what I'm confused about? Like, does kryptonite only work when Superman can see it? <laughs> there's many scenes where kryptonite is present in the room he's like Lex Luthor's just using it as a doorstop and then <laughs> it's, it's until Lex goes that's kryptonite and he's like <laughs> it's all just a placebo the, the, the scene where Lex just explains why kryptonite would work I'm just like no Fuck off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How does he know? Exactly. Like, it, the foreign it, substance in this world. It, it's similar to Batman v Superman, though. How does Jesse Eisenberg know what this this does? D- do they explain that? They might explain it. But they talk about, like, scientists have been, like, researching into this. Oh, this yes, they do, yeah. They <laughs> explain that. Lex Luthor just knows that as, Superman as a guess. is a bit allergic to... <laughs> yeah, he'll go into anaphylactic shock, and then he just throws him in a big pool. Just gonna, just gonna slowly put you in this water. That'll show him. 
Why didn't you tell him a plan? <laughs> this is what I mean. Lex Luthor is so shit in this film. He tells him exactly what he's doing and then willingly doesn't do anything remotely like killing him. So, you know when Superman feels the effects of kryptonite? He yeah. becomes like a normal human being, doesn't he? He, 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 he loses all yeah. his powers and everything. Yeah. But me and you could easily lift a chain off our necks. Like, mm-hmm. he becomes like Mr. Burns when Smithers put that cup <laughs> on his head and he drowns. <laughs> yeah. Like, he becomes a normal human being. A normal human being could just be like, oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we could spend a lot of time trying to figure out the mistakes in this film. Uh, it's probably best that we don't. The um, we have done that. <laughs> that's, that's been most of the podcast, <laughs> to be fair. Did we settle on why time travel happens, or did we just sort of get confused for ten minutes and move on? I think we did that. Okay, that's fine then. That's fine. I'll move on from that note. Um, I, I, I feel like just... the, the writers did. They were like, right, we've done that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, they just completely forgot that it didn't make any sense at all. Um, I feel like I should give it a compliment, this film. It is a very um, upbeat movie. It's not like... It, 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 it's yeah, not, it's not a, a no, it's not a downer. It's not a dark film. It's I wouldn't say it's easy watching because it wasn't easy watching. Uh, but it's it's not the hardest film to get through no. because it's not particularly complicated and deep. It's just not that exciting either. It's, so it's think, a pretty easy watch. I think you say it's not a downer, but I think this universe is awful. Like... The first thing that Lois Lane, like you say, what Lois Lane says is about a rapist. And it's like, how many eyes and bloodletting? Like, there's oh, some yeah. hardcore stuff going on in this world. The army are all a load of racists. Rapists. <laughs> <laughs> Racist <laughs> probably as well. <laughs> and, and Superman actively ignores child abuse. <laughs> okay. I'll explain that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did uh, I miss but, something in this film? Well, when he, he gets that cat down from the tree, which, sure, he could be busy saving lives, but let's get the cat out of the tree. Uh-huh. And the little girl goes into uh, the house and she's like, Mommy, Mommy, look. And you hear the voice go, haven't I told you not to tell lies? And a slap noise. Oh, my oh. God. I I missed this completely. Whoa, maybe this film is darker than I thought it was. It's like, what have I told you? It's... Wow. And Superman would have heard that. I'd love it if he was just like, ha, 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 parenting, and off he goes. <laughs> because, he, because he's got no concept otherwise. <laughs> he just doesn't know. He, he grew up on a farm. That's he's what got like animals. Evan Almighty hearing. Like, he, he can hear everything that's going on in the world. He's heard that domestic abuse yeah. constantly just, for the week. Yeah, he's he's just learned to tune it out. Um, just quickly, what what happens to his his master? Because he he goes off to become Superman, and then you just never see her again. I've got a note. He's gone for twelve years before, like up in the North Pole. I think she's dead. 
<laughs> yeah, I think she might be. I think he just like, left one day and that's it. Yeah, like, why didn't he just go back? It would take him 12 seconds to fly back to Smallville just to say hello. Just stop in for a cup of tea and then go about your day. What a terrible, ungrateful son Clark Kent is. <laughs> terrible. Um, I feel like we should just touch on the... The, the seriousness of all all this obviously Christopher Reeve of course has you know a horrible accident in 1995 falling off his horse um goes on to found the Christopher Reeve Foundation for you know support for paralysis I didn't know that Margot Kidder also was temporarily paralyzed after a car accident in sure. the mid 90s um and of course she um, she died just a couple of years ago from from an overdose so it's all quite tragic really what happens yeah. to these these is, these actors it's just one of those films where people say it's cursed and stuff i know there's a I few mean, like that. yeah it it feels like it because you know your you two main leads go, you know don't have particularly happy endings at all um I mean, Christopher Reeve continues to be uh, just a beacon of positivity and, you know, a g- goodness in the world. But Margot Kidder has loads of problems with drugs and alcohol and all sorts. Um, and I, I, I found a really strange thing from the 90s when she just went missing for about three days and then police found her in a bush. Uh, she'd just gone on like a wild bender. Oh, we, God. We, we've all drank Jägermeister before. Yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> Yeah, um, very sad. Though, but Chris Reeve, um, if you've ever seen any any interviews of him, he he is the essence of Superman personified. He's such a kind, hopeful, uh, generous human being, yeah. and I think that's probably why these films are well. This film is so well revered. The subsequent yeah. sequels, um, oof, take some take some <laughs> make some choices, shall we say. <laughs> And I certainly think we need to discuss Superman 2 at some point and revisit our Kryptonian friends from the the, the opening acts of the film. Yeah, can we give it a bit? Yeah. (laughs) We'll we'll do one of these a year, shall we say. One of these Christopher Reeve films a year. Why don't we do one of my films in between? Like a nice little aperitif. (laughs) (laughs) The good film. Nice little palate cleanser. Um, yeah, so a nice little Alien versus Predator in between each film that we. <laughs> Before we um, wind down, also Tom, do you have any miscellaneous notes that can't be fit organically into conversation? Oh, you know I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first, well, we're not even really touched on it much, but that tune. John Williams, oh, man. Of course. How have we not mentioned the score? What? Because because I, I even mentioned it. Um, I think of the Back to the Future. It might be my favourite movie score of all time because it it's one of those. It, it, if it's not in the film, that it is a lesser film without it massively. Dun, dun, dun. It's so good. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's the way it feels like the the music is lifting off as well. It's it's such it's a, a genius score. John Williams might be. Um, one of the most important people in cinema history, quite frankly, <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, what, what would movies be like without him, honestly? A bit shit. Yeah, a bit shit. <laughs> Agreed. They'd, they'd all be sort of like really creepy <laughs> Danny Elfman skills. Which in their own right are great. <laughs> yeah, <no problem. laughs> 
Uh, there's a reason he did Nightmare Before Christmas, though. Let's let's yeah. face it. <laughs> there's a there's a YouTuber I think it's called Sideways who does like a lot of musical theory when it comes to films and film scores and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a really good uh, video he did where you can basically he was saying how he listens to things wrong because everyone gets different contexts from different songs. Like that song will remind you of something, it'll remind someone of something else. Okay. Uh, he can hear Superman in the uh, the portal scene in Avengers Endgame. Yeah. And we're all coming through. There's because there's a really famous classical piece which you can see is like the inspiration for this John Williams score, and that bit is very similar to that. So yeah, that's worth a watch. It's good. It's good. Anyway, notes. Do you want to stop uh, plugging other podcasts on this show? No. <laughs> as you say as well, they are much better than we are. Um, yeah, shut up. Yeah. We, we, we have our niche, okay? We've got our audience. We've got we've our got niche. Spain and India. We don't need anyone else. Yeah. We're doing just fine. All right, next note. Oh, Brad, you insufferable cockwomble. That'll <laughs> I think Tom was just watching a Brad Pitt film at the same time. Uh, you have to know parkour to get around anywhere. I think that's Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like, definitely. Yeah. In practical architecture for the win in this film. It's very Amy Adams scaling that massive ice mountain to get into the Fortress of yeah. Solitude. Definitely. Uh, I think it's probably just a throwaway line, but when he's listening to his history in the Fortress of Solitude, they say that Krypton died, like, this would have been thousands yes. of years ago. Yes. How old is Superman? Yeah, this, this is something that I didn't understand, because it was, it was a throwaway line, and, yeah, Jor-El says, I, I, I've been dead for many thousands of years. Um, so, thing, well, in fact, he's 45, so... Yeah, well, later on in the movie, uh, in the interview bit, Superman's like, oh yeah, Krypton exploded in 1948. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, this, it doesn't make any sense, but I can only assume there's some sort of um, twisted um, space-time continuum logic here, because it, it, it is a fact that the closer you move to the speed of light through space, um, you don't experience time the same. So I think that it's quite possible Krypton did explode many thousands of years ago, but that didn't translate to Superman because of the way he was travelling and the speed he was travelling through space. I've had too much whiskey to try and figure this out, but <laughs> it doesn't explain why he said it exploded in 1948, unless no. that is just... Oh, dear. I From his know. point of view, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Was he also practicing sewing for twelve years? You mean how he made his suit? Yeah. Well, that, I think that's a thing for every superhero movie. It's like, who's yeah, this? there's yeah. The, there's never any um, logic behind how they get their suits. Weirdly, uh, Green Lanterns. Uh, Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern is the only one that makes sense because the ring can yeah, construct just make it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, Stay all these though. superheroes are very talented you, at tailoring. Have you watched Titans? I haven't. It doesn't look there's, like my thing. Wonder Girl's in that, and she's talking to Dick Grayson, and um, she's she's out of commission. She's not with Wonder Woman anymore, and she's like, um, 
oh, sometimes I just wear the suit around the apartment. And he's like, you kept the suit? And she's like, yeah, that shit's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea that there's this like that. within yeah. the DC who just makes all these clothes. Like. Yeah, it would make sense. Someone's got to do it. Uh, right. The helicopter scene where Superman just appears for the first time. Mm-hmm. That crowd is far too happy. There would be way more existential crises going on. Like, yeah. If you saw this is a world-changing event. Yeah. <laughs> See, this All is that something that Americans are the only people that have seen aliens. Like, <laughs> me and Steph were watching a documentary last night, and it was these. It's unexplained mysteries on Netflix, which is oh, really quite. Oh yeah, we were looking at that as well. One of the episodes is like this: these people within this town have all had this experience where they've all been abducted at once, and we sort of looked at each other and went, "Oh, oh crock of shit!" And then <laughs> Steph was like, "Why is it only Americans that get abducted?" It's like, yeah, it's <laughs> like it's like every time someone claims to have seen a ghost, it's only ever uh, like in the corner of their eye, and like, oh. There was a shiver down my spine right next to the air conditioning unit. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> it's haunted. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, this is something that at least Zack Snyder's, you know, um, Superman gets a lot of criticism for being, you know, a bit too dark. But the the way that he has the world respond to Superman is spot on. Like they have, you know, like news personalities and pundits saying, like, you know he could be our enemy. We, we need to fear this guy. And, you know, they even get like Neil deGrasse Tyson doing a cameo in BBS, like saying he, he, he repositions what we think of ourselves in the universe. And that's something that I think, I don't think Zack Snyder gets enough credit for personally. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. it's because it, it all gets a bit Jesus-y. <laughs> <laughs> they all respond the same way that um, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to call them, Kevin Costner and Diane Lane respond. <laughs> <laughs> that world, everyone just responds to aliens like, okay, free baby. I mean, I suppose for all we know, this is a my dog's barking. This could be a world that has already had superheroes because no one is really like, oh my god, That's who's true. this? Maybe we have had, um, you know, classic. Um, Green Lantern in this world already, you know the, the one from the thirties. I can't remember his name. Is it Guy Gardner? See the retro him. Green Lantern. Um, I, you know, maybe we've had like the the old school Justice Society of America with like Star Girl yeah. and everything for all we know. That's a nice idea. Yeah. I'll have to murder my dog. Maybe like Adam West's Batman is in this world. Ah. Uh. Yes. That would be uh, excellent. Oh my god. Oh, oh my god. I have Jesus. ruined the podcast. Oh boy. Come here. Oh god. Oh my god. This is all going to come out. Okay. Okay. Calm down. Calm down, little one. Guys. Don't get a dog and try and podcast at the same time. Uh, just listeners, so you know he doesn't actually have a dog. That is his asshole. (laughs) (laughs) He has a condition. Okay. Come on, little one. Come on. I'm still talking to my asshole. Come on, little one. (laughs) Out we go.
I just love the idea that Luxo is your pet name for your arsehole. <laughs> right, back to it. What are we talking about? Back to the uh, picture. Too distracted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he is an arsehole to traffic. He just dumps a boat. He does. He does, yeah. In in the middle of a metropolitan street where they're not going to get that out again. That's that's stuck there now. It's not very Godzilla standards, is it, where he's dropping 50 at a time? (laughs) I think that's one of my favourite parts of that movie. It's just (laughs) what we were talking about. There's so many boats. This co-pilot is so fucking coy is that I'm not saying what it was I'm not saying what's going oh, on yeah. just, just fly that scene. <laughs> I'm just saying that a thing happened and I saw it that's all I'm going to say an event took place he sounds like a really like shady mobster like I saw a thing I don't know what it was maybe I do know what it was but a thing you. happened a thing happened. I was present for the event, and that's all that matters. There were like five pilots on that plane. <laughs> it's seventies. Yeah. That's just how yeah. they did it. I just love the idea of this plane going past, and then Lois Lane gets sucked into the turbine. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! While she's halfway through that fucking. Can you read map? <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that 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 plane is the plane from uh, airplane. <laughs> that would be great. Wouldn't well, oh. it be great if it was the plane from Lost and it like oh, wow. lowers crash? <laughs> That'd be awesome. Okay. Um, what? Any? Any closing thoughts on this film? What what were your overall thoughts on on giving this uh, a rewatch or a first watch all the way through? Uh, I won't watch. No. Mm. No, I don't just, think. Not. Can someone edit it down to like half an hour? Then I might. Like, yeah, this <laughs> this is the thing. Like, I think it could have been a better film if it was a bit just a bit snappier. Like, just get out of Krypton quicker. Get rid of all the teenage Smallville years. And just, just give us Superman. And this this is my thing about origin films. Like I don't mind them for your more obscure characters. Like the Crow, he needed his origin because who the fuck is the Crow? But Superman has been. Like they said at the start of the film that he's been around for four four decades at this point. It's not as if people are like Super Who, what? <laughs> who, who, who? You know, what is man? Yeah, <laughs> what man? I I. I I didn't mind the Krypton stuff, but every single scene felt 15 minutes longer than it needed to be. And then the time travel stuff, you could have cut that all out and just have him save Lois Lane. Fine. Because him having time travel abilities doesn't change anything. It's just, it just gives me a headache trying to discuss it. Yeah, it just takes away any, like, for any of like the following stakes. films, yeah. There's there's no there's no stakes. Like, well, you, you can go back in time, go back in yeah. time again. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's, as soon as you introduce that, the, the, there is no peril for your main character because he can just give himself a do over. Yeah. Oh, Mulligan, do it again. There's a, there's a running yeah. joke on um, Robot Chicken where they do a DC special, 
and they're at Superman's funeral, all these superheroes, and nobody's mourning Superman. And it's like, there's one there's one character who's like, why is no one crying? Why is no one upset? And then everyone's like, oh, I'll find some crystal or I'll find some bread. <laughs> yeah. a lie. And then at the end of the at the end of that that skit, Superman's just sat at the back. Like, just watching. <laughs> Excellent. Mm. So stupid. Oh. That's well, what they do. DC and Marvel do a spring clean. They kill ninety percent of all their superheroes and villains, and then they come back a week later. So there's, like you said, there's no stakes. You know, if if people can come back to life, what's the point of watching it? What's the point of telling me the yeah. story? Yeah, I think yeah. the only thing which might stop him doing it again is when he does do it. Is he tripping balls? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely he's just hearing all sorts of things seeing like oh is it yeah it's like there there is a fan theory that everything after the moment when he gets exposed to kryptonite is just his um dying delusions (laughs) that's all it is it's just superman drowning in lex luther's swingers cave um and that's that's all the film is after that and and, and it would explain why the subsequent films just get weirder and weirder (laughs) I've got a question for you. Does Superman get 20 minutes younger? Like if he's going back, <laughs> 20 minutes ago, I was significantly less pissed than what I am now. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. I just... I, I was disappointed with this film. I thought I was going to be really inspired by, you know, this classic Superman. And Christopher Reeve is great. I keep saying it because I, I, I don't want to speak ill of the dead. Also, he is just great. Um, but the, the film it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, and it's not what I remember it to be either. And I think my problem is I have been um, on TV. They're, they're always showing like Superman 3 and Superman 4. Yeah. And that weird film when he just like nudges the Leaning Tower of Pisa the other way. <laughs> Um, and I just I forgot what this this was really, and I I don't think I was as overjoyed as I thought I would be. But I can still give this film its credit for um you know a hugely successful superhero film. You know, three hundred million dollars in nineteen seventy eight is a big achievement for your first Superman film. And again, like Batman after it, Warner Brothers and DC really pave the way for comic book and superhero films for these these main characters so i think we owe it a lot i think the legacy of yeah. the film is better better than the film itself so you know I, i'm glad it exists and i just i'm going to willingly choose not to watch it again yeah shout out to john <laughs> ratzenberger though yeah as the yeah. uh the guy who can't cancel the launch of the yeah. uh is that john ratzenberger yeah. oh. Son of a bitch, didn't know. See, every now and then we throw in a little a little tidbit into this podcast. You've yeah. got to wait an hour and 20 minutes, but you'll get a good <laughs> bit of information eventually. This is the other Tom stepping into my territory where I just oh, make sorry. shit I've read on the internet. <laughs> I'll stick to my ridiculous nuts. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. I, I, well, I, there's, um, I'm going to give you an actor's name aaron smolinski nobody know who that is i've not done my head he plays um superman when he steps out of the spaceship you know the, the naked superman oh yeah oh, but, but, but. 
He recently has been in Man of Steel, and he plays Lex Luthor in Superman vs. Doomsday. Oh, fun. That's oh, nice. There you go. Yeah, these... The um the curse of Superman hasn't hit him then at least so that's good. No, his he's still got the same size too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. When you say the curse of Superman, you mean dead <laughs> and/or in a bush. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Wow, uh, what a way to end the episode. This is why I shouldn't drink wine at four in the afternoon. <laughs> thing is, Tom, no, you are finishing that wine at four in the afternoon. <laughs> You've been drinking that wine long before it reached 4 p.m. Uh, okay. We started it too. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any, any final thoughts on Superman before we call it a day? Oh, God, uh, I think if anyone's listened to our previous podcast, I don't think we're allowed to make another one. Some <laughs> 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 the things we have said. <laughs> yeah, these these episodes are flagging up on databases in intelligence agencies somewhere. Hey, at least someone's watching them besides us. Yeah. <laughs> True. <Not friends>. True. <laughs> Okay, well, if we have nothing else to say, then I guess we'll we'll call it a day. Um, yeah, thank God thanks. for John Williams. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> thank God for John Williams. Yeah, and Christopher Reeve. Yeah, Christopher Reeve. Well, as always, chaps, thank you for joining me. Um, it's been a pleasure. It and, th- and thank you, everyone, for listening. Please. Uh, like subscribe do what you need to do to give tell us some mom. attention don't tell my mum but tell your mum <laughs> as always don't tell Tom's mum <laughs> right go sort out your luck so <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's yeah. a euphemism for something isn't it <laughs> it is yeah bye everyone <laughs> Ezra Strangle <laughs> 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 the old Ezra Strangle. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, l- let's leave it at that, shall we? <laughs>